Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to read to you God's word from the end of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, the last part of verse 20, where Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is God's word. As you all heard in the reading of the obituary, and I'm sure many of you knew already, Paul Lutonen was born on Thanksgiving and found tremendous joy and pride in being able to say that. Thanksgiving, of course, held special meaning, and it's special to so many of us, the feasting and family time together, and of course for Paul. It also meant celebrating the gift of life that God had given him. Christmas was also incredibly special to Paul. And we on numerous occasions, me and and him and Joan, when we were gathered together in his Hewitt Street apartment, we would especially at this time of year sing Christmas carols. We sang some in the hospital during that last several days before he passed. I think we even on one occasion sang them in like July, just because we knew how much he loved them. So it's kind of fitting that today in the church, and many of you probably don't know this, is the church's commemoration, its remembering of St. Nicholas. You see, the church throughout its history has this practice of setting aside a day to remember people who have been influential in the life of the church. And it just so happens, coincidence, perhaps divine providence, that this day in which we remember and give thanks to God for his child Paul is also the day for remembering St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Now, there are tons of legends that surround St. Nicholas. And some of them we even have practices today that flow out of things we think we might know about him. There is this legend, and again, we don't know if it's true or not. It maybe has a kernel of truth in it, that St. Nicholas, who was a very generous, giving person, would go to people's homes and drop coins in through their windows to help people who were in need. It's even said, perhaps, that people would leave their shoes outside their doors and he would leave those coins in their shoes, which is where the tradition of stockings comes from. We don't know if that's true or not. We do know that the original St. Nicholas was a a pastor and bishop in modern-day Turkey, and 
that he was a fierce defender of the Christian faith. In fact, one of those other traditions, which I think needs to make it into Christmas movies and the legend of Santa Claus, is that St. Nicholas is said to have at the Council of Nicaea in the year 325 heard something said against the divinity of Jesus by a guy named Arius who denied that Jesus was God. And the legend says that St. Nicholas smacked him in the face. Again, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. We do know that St. Nicholas confessed that Jesus was both God and man and remains both God and man. Something Paul knew and believed and held to throughout his life. Jesus himself speaks in this way. He says at the end of Matthew's gospel, he tells his disciples, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, not just in the name of God, but in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Paul was one of those disciples, baptized into Jesus, baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and learning the words of Jesus and holding them close to his heart throughout the days of his life. The part that Jesus says after that, after he tells them to baptize all nations in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to teach all that he had commanded are words that I know held special meaning to Paul and to Joan and I hope are important to you as well. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The same Jesus who was born, suffered, and died just as man does as people do is also the God who rose from the grave and is always with his people in this age and even into the next age where we will live with God, with Christ for all eternity. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, for the lambs, for Paul, 
for you and me. The song we just sang before the sermon, Joan tells me, is one that Paul remembered from his Sunday school and vacation Bible school days. I am Jesus' little lamb. He, Jesus, is the shepherd, the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, which we also read as well, David speaks of the Lord who is his shepherd and says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Indeed, Paul, like all of us, knew that this life is the valley of the shadow of death. Fear, anxiety, trembling, concern, all sorts of things that are around us on every side. But we don't go through it alone. Because the Lord is the shepherd who says, I am with you always. I am with you even in the valley of the shadow of death. That is where we are this morning. As we contemplate Paul's life and his death. And each of us who are here bring with us not just grief and pain and hurt over losing Paul in this life. But we carry with us all sorts of other hurts and pains and griefs that come just by virtue of being people in this world. I have mine. Joan, you have yours. Each of you carry those things with you. It's really all death. And so we stand here today in the middle the valley of the shadow of death and its darkness and grief and pain and hurt, however it is upon us today. And David, along with Paul, says of Jesus, you are with me. We are not alone. I am with you always. To the end of the age, our Lord Jesus says. The one who is with us is the good shepherd who lays down his life as a man and who takes it back up again. We heard from John chapter 10 earlier, and I really, regretting it now, I should have included two more verses in that reading from John chapter 10 where Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let me read to you the next two verses. John 10, 17 and 18. Jesus says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, 
and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The one who is always with Paul and is always with you is the one who not only lays down his life, but takes it up again. He overcomes death. He also calls himself the light of the world in John's gospel. And that light shines in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. In the middle of that piercing darkness is an even greater light. Because Jesus is risen from the dead. Death could not hold the one who is both man and God. And death cannot hold Paul and it cannot hold you or I. Jesus is risen and so we will live. Though our life be laid down in death through the one who is the good shepherd, we shall live again. Paul's confirmation verse in Hebrews 13 reflects exactly what we've heard from other places in the Bible here this morning. Where the writer of the Hebrews quotes the Old Testament and says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Our God, our Savior, Jesus, is the one who is with us. The one who takes up his life again. The one who casts away the shadow of death. One more text I'd like to share with you, and that is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It was the second reading we had this morning. Where Paul, in that whole length of St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, talks about the resurrection of the dead. That because Jesus lives, we shall live. And at the very end of that chapter, which we heard in our reading, you can almost hear in Paul's words the smile that would have been on his face. Because St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is almost taunting of death when he says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You have no power, death. Jesus lives, and because he lives, I will live. And you can hear that joy in Paul's words. And so, as those here who knew and loved and missed Paul Lutonen, I think every one of you can picture his smile and his joy. There is no greater joy for Paul 
or for you and me, then that death in the grave has lost its power. Jesus, who is with us always, with Paul and with you, he has laid down his life, but he has also taken it up again. And that light and that joy pierces our darkness today even as Jesus has overcome that darkness already for his dear child, Paul. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.